everyone, hello everyone. I don't really have any stories organized for you right now. Um, so if one pops into my head, I'll tell it to you. But to be honest, I'm going to do this the old-fashioned way. Um, if I sound like in a, I'm in a good mood, it's because I kind of am. Yep. Uh, a lot has happened this week. But, to be honest, I kind of feel like I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay, like... So let's talk about it. So I took my daughter for a physical today. Um, by the time you hear this, she will have already started school and been in school for a while. But as of right now, when the time I'm recording this, she is just signed up for kindergarten. Uh, we're just waiting for registration day now and she had to get a physical for school. Oh my God. Like... I was so nervous the whole time because every time, I don't know, I always feel like when I go into places like that, people are hella going to be judging you and your kid and like, it was cool. Like, she was happy the whole time. She got some vaccines and didn't even cry. Um, and yeah, and the doctor said, you know, she was emotionally intelligent and that it's hard, but he also said that I was doing a good job, so I now officially don't feel like I'm completely fucking up as a parent. So, I mean, <laughs> I think as a parent, it's always a little bit in our minds, like, oh fuck, like, am I ruining my kid? Are they gonna be traumatized by my shit? And that's, that's something I think about a lot, to be honest. Because I have a lot of shit I went through as a kid that kind of messed with me. And I'm trying to not do that for my kids. But sometimes I feel like I'm failing completely. I'm failing completely. I'm failing them so hardcore. But to hear that she's emotionally intelligent, doing a good job, and that she's healthy, like physically and seems healthy emotionally like kind of made me feel good especially to hear it from like a professional like I know I kind of feel like yes my friends and family are all telling me like you're doing okay like you're doing what you can like you're doing the best you can like keep going blah blah, blah. but I kind of feel like because everybody feels this way no matter what it is not just like parenting like if you talk about your looks or you're trying to lose weight or you know, you're going to school or having a tough time at work, whatever. Everybody says this shit. I kind of feel like when it's your friends and family, they like, even if they mean it, I almost feel like everyone feels like they have to say that because they know you or they care about you. But to hear it from someone who doesn't really know me like that, that I don't see on a daily basis, that I don't hang out with, like kind of made me realize like maybe I'm not doing so bad as I thought that I was. So that kind of made me feel good. Um, I mean, kids are kids and they've been crazy like the rest of the time this week, which kids are kids. Kids are crazy. It happens. Like, is it stressful? Yes. But you know what? It's normal kid shit. Kids are weird. And so, um, I'm just hoping to one of these days have enough energy again to take them to the park because after the snowstorm and the, you know... All the other stuff that's happened this week, it's just been a lot. Like, a lot. 
I did make a chore chart and it has made getting housework done a little bit easier. It's still an adjustment because the chore chart is still new, but I'm hoping it kind of helps because I always feel like I don't have enough time for chores and I don't have. So I started where I kind of do one, one main goal every day and then if I get other stuff done, good. Like, but I have one thing that I focus on each day instead of trying to do like everything all at once. I also feel that will help with the overwhelm and also help me be able to spend more time with the kids. So there's that. Oh, the kids are on the chore chart too. Don't worry. So just some more major life updates. Um, I'm kind of going through that phase where I'm starting to declutter a lot again. I I did like a major, major, major amount of laundry. Um, if you don't know, we have a laundry room and so it's oftentimes I'm never able to do all of the laundry we have because it is quite expensive to do laundry here so I'm usually doing a load or two at a time. So there are some laundry baskets have, that have been sitting up there for like weeks. And months and I know that sounds disgusting and it really is but when you don't have money to do everything or the resources to get everything done like your own washing machine and thank God for my mom and my grandma for letting me come over and use their washing machine occasionally um, sometimes it happens and I found a lot of clothes and a lot of things I thought was missing I also found a lot of clothes and a lot of things that I've worn when I've gotten down to the wire where I had absolutely nothing else to wear and they're clothes that I hated and so I realized if I don't wear them I don't need them and I think it would be a lot easier if I just had less clothes to wash and maybe we wouldn't need so many laundry baskets and it wouldn't cost as much to do laundry if I had just fewer things so as time goes by I'm kind of gonna do that but uh, let's just hope it goes okay. <laughs> I also found a lot of stuff that doesn't fit the kids as well anymore, so those are all gone away as well. But it's okay because, um, it's just the sheer amount of stuff we have has just been no good. So pretty soon I will be making another... Sandra, you'll be getting another load of clothes, and also so will the Goodwill and the churches and anyone who needs clothes <laughs> because I have so much. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just getting my husband to go through his stuff. He has more clothes than anybody, and I'll admit his stuff gets done less than, than other people's because he basically hardly ever wears his street clothes. Like, literally, he wears his work clothes and his pants the most, um, but everything else is just like, he doesn't wear them as much because he sleeps during the day and he literally mainly only goes to work. He is starting to go out with friends more so that makes me glad that he has something that he's found that he's doing that's like his thing so he can actually go out and, you know, I feel like that makes things less stressful for him because he has something he can do besides just work and us. So he will have a time to wear more street clothes, but he has a lot. He has a lot. Um, you know, when... <sighs> And this is going to sound kind of weird. When my grandpa passed away and my grandma kind of had everybody come and go through his things, Aaron needed some clothes and he had a lot, a lot of clothes. My grandpa did. A lot of them still with tags on that nobody ever wore. So both Aaron and I got a bunch of new clothes. So 
Um, if you think it's weird to wear a dead guy's clothes, I'm sorry. It's not weird for us because clothes are clothes, but I am thankful for it because a lot of his older jeans were starting to wear out. And so were a lot of his shirts. So uh, he still refuses to get rid of the, a lot of the older stuff. So I'm slowly, a little bit at a time, working on him to get rid of things here and there. Um, but yes, we're going to have less stuff, less stress, less stuff, less stuff, less stress. There we go. That's the saying that Pink So Foxy uses. <laughs> if you don't watch Pink So Foxy or Christine, you should go look her up. She does a lot of decluttering and like organizing stuff, but recently her thing is plants, which is so peaceful. I am not a green thumb. Um, in fact, every plant I touch basically dies. So, um, <laughs> but it is nice to watch someone else do all that. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of been a thing for a long time to be a minimalist, and there was at one point because it was so trendy that even I was trying to be a minimalist, but I've kind of just realized that will never ever be me. No matter how much I declutter, no matter how organized I get, I'm just, I'm not a minimalist. I'm just not, ooh. Um, anyways, so, um, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. And luckily for me, maximalist, uh, at least decor-wise for your house, <laughs> has come into being, like, uh, trendy. Um, although we don't really have a lot of decor in our house. I'd like to at some point, but I don't even know where to start. I'd love to have, a, have just decor in my house. I just don't. I don't know why. I do have a couple pictures and other small things that I've put up, but, like, not actual, like... It's not actually decorated. Yes, I do have, like, art I've hung on the wall and I do have pictures, but it's not a lot. It's just very sparse, and I'd like to do more, but we'll see how things go. I say that all the time, and then I just never do, because I'm so tired, and, like, decor in your house is, like, the last thing anybody should be fucking worried about, but for some reason, I am. I don't know if I'm the only one who, like, cares about that, or if there's other people out there who just don't give a shit. Um... I don't know. Alright, so I don't know if anybody else says this. I'll start binge-watching a show, get partway through, kind of be like, eh, I've had my fill of this for a while. And then so I'll start on a different show, and then get bored, then go start on a different show. And I'll have like four or five shows I've started binge-watching, like, um... And then I'll finally realize, like, oh my god, I started binge-watching this, like, months and months and months ago and stopped watching it months and months and months ago. And then I'll go back. And I started this thing where I don't always completely start over. Like, if I can kind of remember most of what I watched, I'll just go back and pick up where I left off, which is kind of what I've done with Shameless. I got up to the beginning of season three, so now I'm at the point where Fiona has the kids and they're trying to get Aunt Ginger's house. So, um... Yeah, and I just, I don't know, I go through things, and I'm so glad that um, I went back to Shameless, because it's such a great show, like, they make everything seem so realistic on there, like, these people are poor, and instead of just say saying these people are poor, even though they live in a two-story house, um, and whatever, like, you know, because a lot of shows, they'll, they'll be like, oh, this character is poor, but here's their gigantic ass house, their fucking Ferrari and designer clothes, like, and their squeaky clean everything, like, I'm not saying that poor people can't be squeaky clean, because I'm sure there are some who are, but they've really made it, like, 
their prop and set people did a good job is what I'm trying to say. I'm sure a lot of the stuff they, they wear on the show is designer or whatever. And yes, their house is a two-story house, but they've made it seem and look and feel like it's not just a bunch of actors pretending to be poor that don't look poor in the show. So they have to keep reminding us that they're poor. Like they do remind us throughout the show that these people are like... You know, they live in Southside. It's supposed to be like the ghetto, whatever. But even if they didn't remind us, we wouldn't we wouldn't have to have them remind us, you know? Because you can tell by the set and how they dress and how they act that this is exactly what it's supposed to be. So, props to all them. Props to the actors and actresses, too, because, like, they did an amazing job as well. So... Also, my favorite, favorite, most favorite character on that show is probably Mickey or Sheila. I really liked Sheila, too. But, um, so yeah, who is, if you watched Shameless, question of the week, I realized I didn't do one of those. If you watched Shameless, who was your favorite character? So, no surprise there, I watch a lot of TV, and most of the TV I binge watch nowadays is stuff from when I was a kid, like old sitcoms and stuff, and, um, which... No shame in the game. Growing up, we watched a lot of TV at my house. It's just what we did. And now, for a stay-at-home parent who doesn't get out much and doesn't have a whole lot of energy to do a lot of other things, binge-watching is just a thing for me. For a long time, like I said, when I was a kid, it was mainly TV. Then it was YouTube for a very long time. And now it's back to TV, I guess. Um, But yeah, it's kind of... I don't know. I've always liked watching TV probably explains a lot about my life, but whatever. Alright, turns out I do have a couple of stories for you. These are just some little tidbits of my childhood that I was telling my kids today, or my daughter today, while we waited for her doctor to come into the room, that I think are little funny tidbits of stories that um, would be fun to tell you. So here we go. Since I haven't told you a lot about my childhood, it's mostly been focused on my teen years and kind of my internet life and early 20s. Something from childhood. Here we go. Alright, so my first story starts all the way back in kindergarten. I was about five years old at the time and I would go usually to morning kindergarten and then in the afternoon my nana would pick me up. Well this day my mom decided that since she was off we were going to walk to school because it was only a couple blocks from our house. So my mom walked me to school, dropped me off, and the whole school day went by just like normal. Well after I got out I thought you know since I walked to school I can walk home. Even though I don't know my way home by myself I'd never walked to or from anywhere. Um, at this point, but I thought, you know, I can just walk home. I walked to school. I can walk home. I don't have to wait for my nana. I can just get home and George like, look, I'm home. Like here I am. So instead of going out the front of the school and walking out that direction towards my house, I went out the back of the school. Um, because that's where a lot of my friends went out at when they would go to like the bus stop or to walk home and all that. So I thought, you know, I'll just walk with my friends because my house is by their house, right? Because like logic, five-year-old logic. Um, so I walk a couple blocks, probably four or five blocks, start realizing I'm not seeing my house. So I start to panic. So I thought, you know, I'll just walk to a daycare. 
because my cousin's at a daycare and if I go to the daycare where my cousin's at, they'll just let me in because my cousin is there. Again, five-year-old logic. So as I'm walking, I'm just going down all these little random side streets looking for a daycare, not knocking on any doors, just looking at random houses, thinking I'll just know the daycare when I see it because my cousin will be there. Um, these two women, older women, are on their porch and they start yelling at me as I'm walking by the house, which scared me. I didn't know why they were yelling at me. And they were yelling things at me like, hey, where are you going? Like, stop, stop. Like, hey, come on, come here for a second. Like, blah, blah. So they start following me and they start asking questions about like, where are you going? Like, how old are you? Like, where did you come from? Like, what school do you go to? Like, all kinds of stuff. Because now as an adult, I realize seeing a small child unattended in not the best area red flag red flag red flag red flags everywhere like that's not okay but at the time being five years old thinking i'm just walking to a daycare where my cousin is at why are you bothering me like so i'm telling them i'm going to my daycare and they kept saying well where is your daycare and i kept telling them i don't know but my cousin is there so i'm going there and they were like okay well they called the police <laughs> so finally the police officer pulls up and they're like talking to him and I'm trying to keep walking away, trying to get away from them because I don't want to talk to the police officer. I'm scared of him. I'm scared of them. Like, I just want to go to the daycare where my cousin is at. Please leave me alone. Needless to say, police officer finally convinces me to just get in his car and he'll drive me to the daycare. It's okay. So he, we're driving and I don't know how I feel this or what some weird if I'm like psychic or if it was just a coincidence, he would tell me, okay, where's the daycare? We're driving. And he's saying, which house is the daycare that you go to? Or which house is the daycare that your cousin's at? Whatever, you know. And I would point at a random house because I didn't know. It would just be like a random house. And surprisingly, we did this for two or three houses. Every house I would point at was a daycare, like an in-home daycare. But every house I pointed at, he'd take me up the door and be like, hey, like, do you recognize this girl? Does she go to your daycare? And they would say no. And he goes, do you have, what is your cousin's name? And I'd tell them, and they'd say, do you have this kid in your daycare? And they'd say, this other kid, like, we don't know you, sis. Like, what are you doing? So, um, finally, he's, he's like, well, what's, what school do you go to? Because we're getting calls over here of like a missing kid who like left their school. Is that you? And I was just like, I go to blank school. And he's like, oh, then you're the kid. Like you're the missing kid. We're going to go back to your school now. So I get to my school and all I remember is my grandma being so upset at me, like, which understandably so. But at the time I didn't understand what the big deal was. I was just going to find my cousin at daycare because I couldn't find my house. Like, I didn't understand the big deal. But my Nana was so upset they had to have somebody drive her car home for her. <laughs> and then, um, we had a principal named Mr. Dar, and yes, that was his real name. He was my most favorite, favorite principal. I loved him. Unfortunately, my next year after this, when I was in first grade, was his last year at the school. But all of kindergarten, the rest of kindergarten and first grade, after school, he would come and check up on me and talk to me. He would, like, him and my grandma and my mom and everybody would practice with me um, at the school, all of us together. Like I said, him involved as well. 
different ways of like showing me different ways. Like if you're out walking down the street and someone tries to grab you or someone tries to like talk to you, you shouldn't do this because it's dangerous. It's bad. And he's telling me like, you know, they're bad people like that will hurt little kids. Don't do that. Like what? And then they would all get together and do these like situations of like, if you're walking down the street and I'm a stranger and I come up to talk to you, like what should you do? And like all this other stuff. So basically they all kind of taught me stranger danger. He, again, like I said, he was involved and helped out, which I thought was awesome. Like looking, looking back, I, I really hope my kids have a principal who's like this because he pretty much did actually care, which is surprising because a lot of teachers out there, I'm not saying they all do this, but it seemed like a lot of teachers out there when I was younger didn't. So Alright, so if you guys remember, in the mid to late 90s, there was the 1-800-CALL-ATT commercials with Carrot Top. Well, to me, it sounded like you would dial 1-800-CALL-ATT and you would talk to people on the phone for free, right? Okay, well, remember that because it will come into play. So, I was in third grade, I think, and my class had went on this little field trip along with the, um, it was like a mixed class, it was third and fourth graders, to a local nature museum, which a, a native plant project strikes again, it was the place with that, and, um, so anyways, um, we did our little nature museum thing that we had to do, we did our little, like, um, the lady there did her little like presentation we walked through it we got to see the native plant project for a second and then everybody went and lined up at MJC which is the local college um, to get back on the bus well at MJC there was a payphone now I told everyone oh I just bent down to tie my shoe when I looked up everyone was gone I didn't want to get in trouble for messing around on a payphone because I did the 1-800-CALL-ATT, dialed a random number, because I told my friend, I'm going to do a prank phone call. She wasn't really my friend. It was this girl who, she kind of was like a major bully back in the day, and even bullied me up into junior high as well. So, um, it was one of her bouts of sometimes she was nice to me and sometimes she was mean, and I don't know what happened in that those couple minutes for her to decide that she didn't like me anymore and wanted to go back to being a bitch, but, um, her and I had been kind of getting along, and so I told her, hey, I'm going to go do this, and she's like, yeah, you go do that, and then while I was on the phone, instead of telling the teacher, wait, she's on the phone, or telling me, come on, let's go, we're leaving, she just left, she didn't say shit to nobody, and they all just left, so I'm like, what the fuck, because I look away from the phone, because I'm so focused on the phone and my prank phone call that I don't notice everyone leaving, and then when I notice that they did leave, they're already getting on the bus, and... I tried to run to the bus. Unfortunately, I'm not a fast runner. I've never been a fast runner. And they all go back to school. And at first, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I'm not at school. I'm out of school. And then after a few minutes, then I start panicking. Like, wait, what happens when people come to school to get me? And I'm not there. Or And then it panics. It's enough. Wait, I'm downtown. What about all those scary bad people? Mr. Dar and my parents and everybody told me about is out here because it's downtown. What the fuck am I going to do? So, of course, I go back to the payphone and I call 1-800-CALL-ATT to my Nana's house, and I said, Nana, come and get me, like I'm downtown, they left me here, blah blah blah, so, of course, I lied and said, I bent down to tie my shoe when they all left, okay, so, I had this teacher named Juliet, 
Juliet and my Nana really did not like each other because Juliet, I'll be honest with you, she should not have been a teacher. She should not have been allowed around children. She's just one of these people who she would pick and choose favorites. And if you weren't her favorite, she basically treated you like hot garbage on a 107 degree day that was outside in the sun. So, um, yeah. And she let you know that she didn't like you and would also kind of like encourage other kids in the class if she didn't like you to as well pick on you and treat you like hot garbage. So just a whole plethora of problems. She decided she didn't like me because my grandma would come to the school and stick up for me as well as my mom. And she didn't like that. And so she didn't like me because of that. Um, basically, my grandma contacted the school. I sat there for a long time waiting for my grandma. I see my grandma's van drive by a couple different times and she doesn't see me. So of course me panicking runs back into the nature museum and I hid in one of the exhibits got down under one of those couple of the little statues and like curled up in a ball and hid for a little while thinking trying to think of like what am I gonna do like how am I gonna get out of here then it dawns on me city bus I'll just take a city bus back to my school everything will be fine I'll call my grandma when I get to school everything will be fine so unbeknownst to me by this time my grandma had not only contacted the school she had contacted police because she could not find me so um city bus I guess can hear um, like police stuff over the, or if this guy had a police scanner, I don't know. Somehow he was able to hear um, the police talking about, you know, missing kid that got lost on a school field trip, blah, blah, blah. So I get on the bus and literally I, oh my gosh, I remember every single person on that bus because there wasn't a lot of people, maybe eight to 10 people plus the driver were all talking to me, like asking me questions about what kind of, what school I went to, what other, like how old I was, like, what happened, and blah, 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 and he basically, the bus driver, I remember, told me, like, I'll take you to your school, like, I'll drive up to your school for you and drop you off, and then it was said to him that all of a sudden he gets a call on this, like, cell phone that he had, and it was basically the bus people telling him, like, hey, just drop her off at such and such bus stop, the teacher there is waiting for her. This was the most awkward car ride of my life. I get in the car with Juliet. There's no radio. There's no nothing. It's complete silence. And the whole time, she's just like, <sighs> just every time like I would move or shift in my seat, she'd do that. And then we get to the school. And as soon as we stop the car, she starts lecturing me about how um, I'm her responsibility and I need to be responsible for myself, but like you just told me I'm your responsibility and how I need to pay more attention and that, um, how, um, if I'm just going to be in her class, like I need to pay more attention and I need to listen better and all this shit. And I'm just like, lady, you're the one who didn't check for other little kids. Like I didn't say this, but like looking back in my mind, I'm like, she's the one who did not check and make sure all the kids had gotten on the bus. She's the one who did not because isn't it customary for when you go on a field trip, like every other teacher I had did this, she did not. Every time we would go on a field trip before we got on the bus, they would take roll. When we got to the place to get off the bus, we would go do our thing. And then when we reconvened to get back on the bus, they would take roll again to make sure everybody was there. She, every field trip I went on, I never remembered her doing this. Um, but yeah, so we get there. And my grandma 
like when I told her what happened, my grandma chewed her ass out. Oh my god, it was so funny. Like, I think about that today, and I'm like, yeah, get him. But like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, needless to say, the rest of that day I got to go home. I did not have to go back to class with Juliet and the other kids. Um, there wasn't that much left of school anyways, but still, it was kind of a nice break. I got to go back to my Nana's, watch cartoons, do what I did. The whole time, my Nana and my mom griping about Juliet and how much of an idiot she was and all that. So, I don't know. But it was a weird time. My advice for today is... There are scary kidnappers in the world, so if you're waiting on a ride or you're with the group and you don't want to be left behind, um, stay where you're supposed to be at, pay attention to what the group is doing and stay with your group. Um, otherwise, these things could potentially happen to you and you could wind up in the missing persons list even if it's for like an hour. Um, <laughs> or you could be, be like in an awkward car ride with your teacher like I was. Or have the police call on you, like I did, twice. Um, yeah, basically, just don't do any of the stupid shit I did. Of course, I was five and eight or nine at the time, so, you know, child logic is very different from adult logic. Thank you for listening to my insistent ramblings about my childhood stupidity and my life updates. Things are getting better. It's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I'm okay. And everything's nice and chill and fine. Anyways, bye. See you guys next week.